three, two, one, roll the footage! Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And do you know anyone that's worked with Sir Elton John or Elon Musk? Sent people down to see the wreck of the Titanic on the seabed? Or closed museums in Florence for a private dinner party? And then had Andrea Bocelli serenade them while they eat their pasta? Now you know. Welcome, everybody, Steve Sims. It's a pleasure to be here. So cool to... And what an intro, man. So we are excited. We are all excited. And uh, we will also hear a lot about how to stop listening to the wrong people. So important. But before we go there, what are you currently creating? Uh, disruption. Um, I like to work with entrepreneurs uh, to get them uncomfortable so they can come out more impactful. I think a lot of people, they look for a line that they're used to, that they're comfortable with, and nothing fantastic ever happened with people being comfortable. So I'm there to disrupt as many people as I can. That can be a t-shirt. Nothing ever happened with people being comfortable. I love this. <laughs> and, and people ask me, Simon, why do you go running every day in the morning? That must hurt. And I go, of course it hurts. That's why we do it. We, yep. we overcome limits every day. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? Beautiful. So we should stop listening to the wrong people. Let's unpack that. Yeah, there's too many people around us that we actually go to for advice that are real qualified to do it. You know, there's the classic example that you may sell a car and you've got $20,000 cash now and you go down to the pub or you go to a coffee shop and you're listening to someone that's seen it on TV but never, ever invested. So today, we've got the ability to shake up who we actually listen to. We've also got the ability to get into the right rooms, whether it be uh, Facebook groups, whether it be you know Clubhouse, whatever. We've got uh, environments now that we can get into where we can seek advice from people that have actually achieved it. Not the influencers that talk a good talk, actual people that have achieved what they're talking about. So always check out, before you listen to someone, why should you listen to them? Do they have the credibility and the substance to be able to steer you in the right direction? You have an amazing history. Can you talk about your background and how you became an entrepreneur? Does anyone ever become an entrepreneur or were we born an entrepreneur? Um, I think I just grew up uh, in London uh, aggravated. Um, I didn't like being poor. My family was financially poor. I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that other people had sports cars. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, <clears throat> coming home at 8 o'clock at night, working on a building site. So I didn't mind working hard hours but I never had any money. So I literally went out to try and find people that were successful and affluent and tap them on the shoulder and go, hey, why are you rich and I'm not? And in order to do that, you've got to bring something to the party. So I ended up being able to get people in nightclubs, getting them this, getting them to meet Elton John, getting them to 
meet Guns N' Roses, to get them to sing on stage, uh, closing down museums. I never tried to set up a concierge firm. I tried to give rich people a reason to talk to me. And then three years ago, I wrote a book so that people could do it simply and easily. Bluefishing, the art of making things happen. And I didn't expect it to be successful. And it took off. And it's been a bestseller in different countries. Translated, I think, in six or seven different languages now. Um, and I try to get people to go, look, you don't have to do what you've always always done. You need to do what is stupid, what is ridiculous. You need to go for great. And that's what we try to focus on now. On your website, I see people like Jay Abraham, like Elon Musk endorsing you. How, how do you get in touch with Jay Abraham, Elon Musk? <laughs> Good old Jay. Um, you, you provide value. You see, you've got problems. <clears throat> I don't know what they are. But if I turned up to you and I said, hey, I really want to be on your podcast. Can you help me? Can you, <clears throat> can you endorse my book? Can you promote me to people? Those are all selfish reasons for me talking to you. And you would probably get bored and go, no, Steve, I can't help you. But if I contact you and I go, hey, I know you're working on a book. I've got some ideas how we can get it to become a bestseller. Hey, I know you're working on your social feed. I know how we can use PR to get more people engaged with you. Hey, I know you're trying to speak on more stages. I, I run a structure on how you can speak on more stages. If I showed up solving one of your problems, you'd want to talk to me. And it doesn't matter if you are a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever. Everyone's got problems. More fantastical experiences, a smoother life, a better book uh, launch. Everyone's got problems. If you can show up as a solution, people want you to be in that world. What's the story behind blue fishing? Why did you start writing it? Um, I, was, I was annoyed. Um, I'm not intelligent. I am creative and I do fail a lot. But I was concerned how so many people, they try to do things perfectly. No one could do anything perfectly the first time. It just can't be done. And I was stunned how many people, you know, focused on, oh, I've got to have a good website. I've got to have 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. That's not impactful. So I wrote a book how a former bricklayer from London was now doing this with the Vatican because I wanted people to change. I wanted to give people permission to stop overcomplicating things and to do things more impactful and easier. And so I wrote the book purely out of aggravation. Bearing in mind, it didn't even have a website when it came out. I really didn't expect, I wasn't trying to become a billionaire by releasing a book. I wanted people to just go, hey, I can do things differently. I, can, I, I have permission to do things without one John, Elon Musk, Sir Richard Branson. And that's why I wrote the book. I wanted people to stop overcomplicating things, to stop worrying about what they look like and start worrying about what they do and to turn up as an asset rather than an invoice. And so I wrote the book purely out of aggravation and it took off. Show up as an asset rather than an invoice. The next T-shirt, I love it. <laughs>
And many people right now listening are writing one of their first books or are writing their second book, third book, and want it to, to be read more. So what did you learn about getting a book really to people? So what was what was was what were the ingredients that your book was read by so many people? So I wrote two books. Um, just the first one, no one will ever see. Um, when we were given the chance to write the book by Simon and Schuster, you know, this was the book. Um, with a ghostwriter, we wrote the book, but the book ended up becoming a little bit too egotistical. It started saying how I did this and I did this. It became very much about my ego. <clears throat> and when we read it, I hated it. You've got to focus on every page providing an answer, motivation, inspiration, providing uncomfortable to the person reading it. So if you write a book, a book telling people how wonderful you are, who cares? Okay. I wrote the book because I wanted to take all of the failures I had, all of the mistakes I had made, and all of the successes and put them on the paper for you. I wanted to help you. Uh, again, I wanted to be a solution. I wanted to be an activator. So I focused on every single chapter. Does this disrupt the way you think? Does this create a situation where you demand more of yourself? I wanted to be able to create that. Um, and so I wrote the book to aggravate you into doing something. If you focused a book on the person reading it rather than on the person writing it, then you become, again, that asset. And that's how it did so well. People from all walks of life, <clears throat> real estate, luxury sales, attorneys, anyone that works on communication was reading the book and then telling their friends, hey, you've got to read that book. And that's what happened. We never paid a single dollar, a single cent on advertising the book. And it just took off because we were focusing on the person reading it, not the person writing it. Beautiful. Focus on the reader, not on yourself. I am so curious which three books shaped you most. But first, one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. What are the three that you pick? Well, the first one's got to be a shout out for my good buddy, Jay Abraham. Anything that Jay Abraham wrote, you need to be reading um, because he was so strong on reason, communication, scaling. So the first thing I did was I consumed anything that Jay Abraham had ever written. The other two books was um, Ryan Holiday wrote a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. Phenomenal book. And then Nair Eyal did a book called Hooked. And it talks about how the uh, world of social is sending us down into rabbit holes and how the digital world today is literally training us to remain hooked. So those were the three uh, recommendations. Beautiful. Yes, Nir was here to, to talk about Hooked and to talk about Indestructible. We love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, if you could pick only one person, when everybody's zagging, this person is zigging, and you can give them the strategy award, who would that person be? 
Oh, wow. There's so many great people out there. <clears throat> so many wonderful people that are doing... I, I would probably have to go back to Jay. Um, you know, Jay was very, very uh, um, powerful in the 80s and 90s. And then he kind of lost being top dog in the early 2000s as everyone went digital. But now the world is getting back strongly to communication. And Jay owns that lane. So I would, I would give it to Jay Abraham. Beautiful. What are you excited looking forward to? You run a couple of businesses uh, now. Uh, what, what's your main business right now? Uh, Steve D. Sims. Uh, SteveDSims.com is the website, but my focus is on Sims Distillery, which is a private community, and Sims Media, which is to help you get your message out to wider people. So that's my focus at the moment. So tell us about both. The distillery is a mastermind for entrepreneurs? Uh, it's a community. So what we do is every video I ever do gets posted up there. Every conversation I ever have with Jim Quick, Ari Mizell, Jay Abraham, Jeffrey Madoff, that gets posted up there. So it's a resource. But also every month, twice a month, we have a live AMA to answer your questions. We also have sporadic live uh, Zoom calls where we answer the community's issues. So anything you're having a problem with, you join Sims Distillery, and then we come in and we answer it, and we communicate with you. So it's an online community uh, to get people just out of the way of their problems. And this, the media company helps people get their message out. Yeah, people, people often go in the wrong direction. Sims Media, we work on everything from podcasts to PR, product launches, websites. We try to focus on what you are the solution to and then make sure that your message is using the best platform and getting the best engagement from it, whether it be digital media, whether it be blogs, whether it be more podcasts, whether it being a speaker on stages, Sims Media identifies how you should best promote your message. Nice. And do you more do you do the strategy around it or also the the implementation and get them on stages? Both. Uh, what we find that is most people, most people they want to know how, but they can't activate it. Either they don't have the confidence, they don't have the time. So not only are we a strategist, but we're also the who. We can act as your agent, we can act as your developer, we can act as your complete marketing arm, posting social quotes in your voice, into your platforms. So we are a turnkey operation for the elements that you can't satisfy. And uh, what is one thing that where you recently changed your mind about? Recently changed my mind. I try not to fixate on anything because when you fixate on things, it stops you being open to the opportunity of change. And let's be completely blunt, what was important today was not important six months ago, was not important a year before then. So we're constantly changing. So I don't think I, I've changed my mind on anything. I've never fixated on the fact that I have the answer. I'm just working on a strategy and I'm open to change. You are a speaker. How did the speaking life change for you now in, <laughs> in these lockdowns? So my speaking, my speaking world, I didn't, I didn't expect to be a speaker, and I saw so many motivational speakers going, you can be great, when most people can't. 
Some of us can, but most people don't try. So I went on a couple of stages. I was asked to because the book came out. And um, I went out there to speak to the audience. And again, a speaker has to understand who is he speaking to and what's the problem in the room. And if they go on stage and answer that problem, everyone's happy with them. So um, I started off doing a couple of gigs. And I think over the last three years, God, maybe done like 30 gigs all over the planet. My furthest one was um, Thailand, Thailand, Mexico, Europe, all over America, Canada. So I am a, I am a speaker uh, internationally. And I even spoke at the Pentagon and Harvard twice. And what's your plan to do this digitally? Your podcasts, online conferences, your own podcast. What's your, what's your strategy? So um, I don't do a lot. I think I'm losing my voice. I don't do a lot of online. I don't do a lot of Zooms. Um, we run an event called Sim Speakeasy. Um, and so we get, we've been doing live events, luckily, during COVID. Um, I have my own podcast, The Art of Making Things Happen. And I do the Zooms through Sims Distillery. But um, I try not to do Zoom conferences um, where there's a lot of speakers. I don't know why. But it's hard to, it's hard, very hard to interact with the audience when people are sitting there with a coffee and a donut, you know, watching you on Zoom. So I have been doing some, but I've been focusing on my community rather than online conferences. And now the speaker world is opening up again and live events are coming back. And I'm already booked for 2021. I'm booked for 2022. And I've even got some bookings for 2023. So it doesn't look as though it's going to be slowing down anytime soon. What are you excited about? Where do you see your two companies in three years? <coughs> Disrupting people, uh, giving them permission. Um, as long as people keep doing things that they shouldn't, I'm going to stay in business. Um, and what you did 10 years ago doesn't work today. So you're doing it wrong. Um, so I, I want to see myself continuing to grow by failure, discovery, but shaking things up. As you say, when people are going left, go right. I want to try things differently. I always have. Uh, they've not always worked, but they've always given me education on what can work. And my mistakes and failures have always been there to define me rather than refine me. You're getting some compliments. Nice talk. Thanks from Julia Chulin. And uh, yeah, what else should I ask you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, who knows? You know, just just uh, risk it. Go for it. Try different. Try do things differently. Okay, that's that's the only thing that I could put there. One thing you bought recently. One thing I bought a motorcycle. I'm always buying motorcycles. Uh, I got twelve, um, and there was a good deal on one, and so I I, I bought it again. So my wife moans at me. Um, she does. She's wonderful, but she does. Uh, but yeah, it was another motorcycle. How many hours do you work per day? Do you know that's a tough question? Whenever things are tough for me and I'm having struggles, that I class as work. Talking to you, I've spoken with you for half an hour. Is that work? You know, so I don't know. Maybe one or two hours a day when things are really tough, but for the rest of the day, I'm doing what I like. I'm doing what motivates me. I do what engages me. And we can't really call that work. You know, I worked on a building site. 
My dad died working on a building site. <clears throat> That's hard work. What we're doing today is engaging, motivating, activating. It ain't hard work, let's be blunt. Oh, that's cool. Then I'm never working. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Good for you. Also, I'm curious about what you see people doing wrong when they get their message across, because you have a very specific position on this. What are people doing wrong when they market? So confusion. <clears throat> you need to focus on clarity today. There's this horrible word going around authenticity. Screw authenticity. We need clarity. We need transparency. People need to look at you, listen to you, and decide very, very easily, yes or no. If you've got people on the fence that are kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about this person, that's because your message isn't clear enough. If people don't want to deal with you, fine. Walk away, no problem. If they want to deal with you, great. But if they're on the fence, That's your problem. You need to focus on the clarity of your message. What is the solution that you provide? Who are you helping? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Be crystal clear to allow those people to make a decision. No one confused will ever give you that credit card. Again, Edition, no one confused will ever give you that credit card. What are some examples that you have seen recently where people communicate with great clarity? With great clarity, greatest, greatest marketing in the world was have a Coke, have a smile, tense, nervous headache, have aspirin. Um, you've got to keep your message really, really crystal clear. Um, I find a lot of people try to really get articulate and overcomplicate their message. You know, it, you want to be able to turn around and go, I can make you slimmer in 90 days. I can do this for your finances. I can do this to help your accounting. I can do this to scale up the lead generation. Be crystal clear. Don't worry about the woolly, uh, articulate, long words with multiple syllables. Just provide the uh, solution to what you do and then find the person that has that problem. And if we have clarity, that's even more important than authenticity. Can you unpack that? Authenticity has become a well-managed, manipulated uh, kind of <clears throat> concept. Um, people are showing vulnerability. They're showing, you know, I, I never had a father. Oh, I only was born with one leg. People are, are, are proceeding with pity and then going about how they lost it all. And, you know, they're trying to get people to cry over them, you know. I don't care what happened in your life. I care what you did with your life to impact other people. And people are looking at it and they're like, oh, look at him. He's so authentic because he's showing us his, his, his vulnerability. He's showing us his, his uh, sad life. We don't have time for that, okay? I want people to be crystal clear. I don't, I don't care whether you came from money. I don't care whether you came from poverty. I care that what you can do can impact me. And that's what we need to be doing today. Today especially with COVID, we don't have a lot of tolerance. We don't. We've been lied to. We've been misled. We've been distracted. We've been concerned. We've been scared. We don't have a lot of tolerance. So get to the point and tell me, what can you do for me that's going to help me? I love it. What can you do for me that's going to help me? And uh, 
what is one thing that you wished you had started pre-COVID? Wow. Um, nothing. Uh, I know it sounds funny, but the second COVID came up, I was literally kind of like, I don't know what's going to go on. See, I live in an uncomfortable world, and I like being there. As soon as COVID came along, I didn't know if it was going to take one month. I didn't know if it was going to take one year. I had no idea. So I started learning Italian. I bought a Peloton, book, a Peloton bike. I bought about 50 books that I'd never read, but I always said I would. Um, so I went crazy within like the first two weeks. Um, I'm not very good at Italian. I am good on my Peloton. I've lost weight and I've read all of those books. So I'm glad I took the initiative to do things while everyone was sitting down wondering what they were going to binge watch on Netflix. I was trying to work out how I could play this game to my advantage. I love it. I did quite a similar thing. I, I wrote my first book during the pandemic and I went with my podcast from weekly to daily because what <laughs> else? <laughs> Good. I love it. And it's also fun how entrepreneurs are, I'm, they're, I, they are resilient because they are used to react to changing environments and to that dynamic of looking what is there what what do you have what can you build yeah i think i think that's the good thing about entrepreneurs you know and i think what we're going to do is we're going to see a cleanup entrepreneurs at the moment <clears throat> we're trendy okay everyone wants to be an entrepreneur okay go back in the 1990s if you were an entrepreneur it was because you couldn't get a job you know because you were a hustler you were probably stealing car audios or something. So through the years, entrepreneurism has now become a revered thing. If you remember, who were the people that really wanted to be in the early 2000s, the 90s, and the 80s? It was soccer stars, athletes, rock stars, and actors. Now everyone wants to be Elon Musk. They want to be Steve Jobs. They want to be Sir Richard Branson. The new icons of this period of our life are the Mark Zuckerbergs of this world, people that have made things happen and dominated. But the good thing is COVID has also made a lot of people that were entrepreneurs, it's hurt them. And they've realized that they don't deal with being uncomfortable very well. Us entrepreneurs, we're always uncomfortable. We're always making mistakes. We jump out of the frying pan direct into the, into the volcano. So bottom line of it is do things risky, we're entrepreneurs. We're not entrepreneurs. And I'm glad that you tell this so directly that in entrepreneurship, you are dealing with volcanoes and with hurricanes and with jungles. It's, it's not always fun. And uh, you have to stand up again many, many times. What, what has made it possible for you to stay resilient, to get back on track? Um. The end goal, you see, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. You've only got to succeed once. And then you get the, uh, you know, being able to buy a motorcycle. You know, I don't take it lightly. You know, I'm in a position where I can just buy a motorcycle and it doesn't impact my life. You should take everything that you get out of life and feel proud, privileged, and empowered that you put yourself in that position. So when things go wrong, I go, well, okay, it's gone wrong. But last month, everything went right. Why did that go wrong? How can I learn from it? You see, education comes from failure. 
doesn't come from success. That's momentum. It comes from failure. So I look into it to see how I can empower myself to be better next time. I love this. And who should be my next guest? Wow. Um, well, I don't know if you can get them, but um, let's name them off. Uh, some superstars that I love. Uh, Jim Quick, Avi Mizell. I'd be wrong if I didn't call out my boy Jay. Jay Abraham, Joe Polish, Cameron Harold, uh, Brandon Turner. So there's quite a few real, real superstars out there that you should reach out to and try and get onto your, onto your stage because these people change people's lives, change people's mindsets. That's some solid people. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find out more about Steve D. Sims? Well, they can visit stevedsims.com. There's only one M in Sims. stevedsims.com will tell you everything about Sims Distillery, my podcast, um, my speakeasy events. It's all on there, stevedsims.com. Thank you so much, Steve, for being here, sharing your journey and your wisdom with all of us. Please come back soon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.